And big shout out to everybody out there in radio podcast land as of, uh, you know, this Friday, this wonderful Friday evening that we're having coming off the heels of a large uh, wrestling thing that's known as SummerSlam, the second biggest PLE of the year. Um, but, you know, why we uh, why are we here? We're here to, you know, talk about wrestling, talk about rumors, talk about the world of professional wrestling and getting everything together. So, um, you know, you've reached the Rub Wrestling Podcast with Matt, Josh and Chris. Um, thank you for coming aboard with us on this mystical journey that we're going to go talk about for the next hour. But um, as always, if you can help us out, you can always reach us um, at the Rub Wrestling uh, at uh, the Rub Wrestling Podcast website at or sorry email address at the Rub Wrestling at Outlook You can also find our, our wonderful podcast in any of the major outlets. You can find us on Apple. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on YouTube. Google Play, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if you do find us out there, please hit the subscribe button or the follow button to help us out. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're here for your, uh, you know, your wrestling needs. So, you know, with our illustrious panel, Josh and Chris. Chris, what'd you get up to this week? What's new and exciting with you? And uh, tell us about, uh, you know, some, uh, some, some, some stuff in your life from the week. Uh, not, not too much this week. Um, we we got in the championship for hardball, which is nice. Uh, we faced a kid who throws about 85 to 87 miles an hour. Um, I leaned into one cause it was a close game. So I had to get on base and now I can't extend or bend my arms. So I missed the second game of the championship. Nice. Um, so I'm never taking one for the team again because sometimes it doesn't work out. And I ended up on second base and not being able to move my arm. But uh, hopefully I have better news for you guys next week and say that we hoisted the ship. But uh, time time will tell. Uh, we did get in trouble because we were talking to adult umpires and we aren't allowed to swear or uh, say anything about the strike zone, even though it's terrible. But uh, it is what it is. Baseball and their fucking unwritten rules. Fucking horseshit. Eh? I love it. They fucking hate umpires, too. It just drive, They drive me crazy. But glad to see that you're still playing baseball. You got one year left in you. And, uh, you know, when the announcement comes, please, you can always announce your retirement right here on the podcast when it comes through. Right, buddy? So... Um, oh, oh no! I'm I'm being carried off the field feet first. Okay, nothing wrong with that. So it's just like uh, we'll just we'll just fry you up and carry you out an Undertaker's urn, right? That's how we're gonna do it. There we go. Perfect, perfect. Josh, what about you? How about you? How was your week? How was everything going on? Tell us, tell us a fun anecdote about your life over the past week. I'm not having too much fun lately, but uh, yeah, I uh, been busy in the garden as always. Uh, the smell of the Mary Jane is coming through quite strongly. The, the the girls are going through the stretch, as you might say. They're getting quite tall. Uh, picked a lot of tomatoes, made, uh, canned some tomatoes this week. That's 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 my fun. Um, I you know don't have baseball like Chris, but I got that canning going on. Some good stuff. Yeah, that sounds good, man. Fuck yeah, canned tomatoes are always great for making some amazing pastas. And uh, yeah, I'll be looking uh, looking forward to trying to pick some of those up uh, off you later this year. Hopefully, at some point. What have um, you been up to, Matt? Oh, man, you know what? Just uh, a lot of work and a lot of projects and stuff and deadlines that I've had this week, so it's been interesting. Still trying to shake this uh, this kind of cold. I still have this cough uh, a little bit to it, but uh, energy levels are back up. And, uh, you know, other than that, man, just, you know, I've been uh, video game collecting, so that's been interesting. I uh, picked up uh, a used uh, PS3 off some guy like two weeks ago, and 
I think up to this point, like just through Facebook Marketplace, I've amassed about like 50 games already. So it's kind of interesting going through that. So it's uh, it's been fun and you know looking for PS2s, PS1s. Gonna try and have all the systems, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I have a PS2 kind of like at hobby. home. Sorry. Do you want a PS2? I have one. Yeah, I'll I'll take it off your hands for sure. Uh, well, 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 we'll negotiate a fair price. Yeah, it sounds good. And if you yeah. got games and stuff, I'll I'll let you know what uh, what we can uh, what we can do about that. So sounds good. That's an fair question. I, I think we have one in the wrapper as well. A game. Beautiful. Like it's it's funny. I actually have some of my PS5 games still in the wrapper too. So still got the dome on them, as they say, as the kids say. But. Uh, Anyways, other than that, man, you know, like uh, we actually had a viewer, uh, a viewer as well that uh, I was talking to recently, uh, a gentleman from my work who said he actually finds one of the most interesting parts of this podcast are the first five minutes that we talk about our lives. So I figured I'd go a little bit longer this week with it. And, uh, you know, so big shout out to Joe if, uh, if you're listening. So thank you for uh, being one of our viewers. But we got a big thing to talk about. We can't uh, hold back anymore. We're about five minutes in. So let's talk about. Um, SummerSlam, that's a big one for WWE. That's the second biggest PLE of the year. Um, really want to get on the go and talk about that. And we're going to talk about the main event right off the bat, um, which, you know, right off the bat, Josh called it. Josh called a Jimmy Uso turn in the Roman Reigns versus uh, Jey Uso, main event Jey Uso. Um, tribal, whatever it's called, the Tribal Court or Tribal Justice Match. I don't even know. Basically a no DQ match. Now, with that being said, Josh, you called the Jimmy turn. Was it everything that you expected it to be when you saw it? Do you think that the turn was well done um, with how the match progressed? Do you think it was um, it was it was good? And do you think it's going to be good for the storyline moving forward? Yeah. So, I mean, although I thought that there was going to be a turn and that Jimmy Uso could be the guy who turned, I actually don't like this turn. It's uh, I really like prefer the Usos as a tag team. I don't really see either of them as singles wrestlers. I'm kind of, I guess, I'm interested to see how they're going to make this story work. It's just clear that they're making this angle work as long as possible to get Roman Reigns to WrestleMania to lose it to I don't know who, maybe never, maybe he's going after Bruno San Martino's wrestling uh, reign. And uh, if he is, you know, he's going to be a really old man wrestling. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But it seems that WWE continues to be keen to keep Roman, the belt on Roman Reigns. And this is a way to make the story go longer because the, the bigger distraction with the Jimmy and Jake and add to a few PLEs and then Roman doesn't have to really fight anybody formidable for his title, keeps it on him. I think that the fans are quite engaged in this story. I just don't know if Jimmy and Jay are the ones who are going to carry this story. I think that they continue to play second. They, they, they continue to be the you know the secondary characters um, bringing up uh, Roman Reigns' legacy. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting when you kind of talk about that too because I'm I'm not a big fan of the you know okay one person swerving. It's it just seems like as much as we all love swerves on this podcast, we love them. Like I, I mean, I love them. I'm pretty sure Josh and Chris love them too. I don't necessarily speak for them. They can they can do whatever they want. But when you're looking at swerves and stuff like that, as soon as the mask guy came out and he kind of pulled him through the ropes, I knew it was Jay immediately. It's the same build. It did, you didn't need a mask. You didn't need anything for it. Like you knew it was him. Like, there was no other person that it could be. Like, I mean, unless it's Sami Zayn, and then you'd be freaking out on who it was, right? But you're looking at storylines right now, even in AEW, you're kind of looking at this MJF and Adam Cole storyline, and while it's great, 
you're looking at like the merchandise being really hot, right? So I think of this storyline and that storyline in AEW. So the Roman storyline in WWE, the the Cole and MJF one that's being done in A and W and Chris you mentioned about the merchandise and that they're the hottest act and and all this stuff. Are these storylines just being prolonged for the sake of the merchandise, do you feel, in some of the cases? Um, I know that there's a little bit of a different case with Roman having the belt for three years. Um, I just want to see what your thoughts are, Chris. Do you think that this is a bit of a cash grab by both companies? Um, and uh, do you think that the Tribal Court match that they have, this gimmicky match that was basically a no-DQ match that promised no interference, but yet there was interference on a couple different ends, do you think that this was just really... Um, kind of a cash grab to keep that storyline together moving forward. Yeah, of course it is. And um, like we, I, I think we'll talk about it later, but even with LA Knight, he, he's leading most, uh, he's leading most, most sections of, of selling merch. And so he's getting pushed in WWE selling merch gets you, gets you far away. Um, are they, playing it out a little too long. I, I don't know. I, I like the long-term storyline. Um, it's kind of like, you know, what happened with the NWO, the infighting starts. And then um, I think they just, they hit a good story. Like look at how long the storyline's gone. It's gone through Sami Zayn coming. It's gone through Sami Zayn going. Now they're, now they're infighting through the family. What I, I, I thought that I thought Jimmy's turn was a little too soon for me after everything that happened. Um, I, if you know there was no kind of there was no lead up to it we didn't think jimmy was going to come there it would have been nice to have it played out a little bit more before that happened um but yeah i, I think i think merch merch is behind it 100 percent. wwe's not in it to lose money now there's aew so once those once those things sell i mean they'll you'll see these people at the top of the card and you'll see these people running the main events for for as long as those shirts are selling yeah, for sure. I think you're looking at a lot of cases when you talk about the merchandise. Merchandise is always going to be a big draw, right? Um, you're looking at $30, $40 t-shirts. You're looking at a lot of different things. However, one of the things that I do think is that storylines, as much as I like the long ones, I find them that they can be really repetitive when they kind of lose their course. And, um, you know, it's kind of like when you read a book, right? You always have, like, if you go back to the, the basics of writing a novel or, or when you read a segment or you read a play, there's always kind of like this this beginning and then there's a rise in action and then there's a climax and then we, we go back down and it's kind of hard in a, in a, in a wrestling perspective because it doesn't necessarily follow that standard writing. It seems to be more of like, kind of like a sine wave. It's more of like a roller coaster, like up and down, up and down and trying to, to match the, the interval. Right. And I think the intervals for WWE are those main PLEs. And um, I think at this point, when you're looking at a lot of things, like, what are we going to do? Are we not going to see Roman wrestle until Survivor Series? Like, it doesn't really make any sense. Because then after Survivor Series, your next big PLE is definitely going to be um, WrestleMania if you're looking at the big, you know, three or four, right? So you're looking at, you know, what is it? The Rumble. You're looking at Royal Rumble. Um you know, going into WrestleMania and then WrestleMania into SummerSlam and then SummerSlam into Survivor Series and then you kind of start over, right? So I don't really know where this, where they go next with this. I, it's it's almost to the point where if if it's not going to be somebody inside the bloodline that beats them, 
you know, who's it going to be? Like, we're, we're trying to all figure out who's it going to be. And I, I don't know if we can put somebody up and on the SmackDown side that would really kind of take Reigns to that next level. I think you could find a couple people on Raw, but it'd be really interesting to see what that what that's going to play out. So, um, you know, tonight being a Friday night, we're going to obviously have the fallout on the SmackDown side, so we'll be able to watch that and and uh, and basically sees what happens on, on that point with uh, with Roman and Jay. And I mean, um, I'm hoping for a banger. I really hope that they do knock it out of the park because with this storyline at its peak, when it was at its climax and at the rising action, it was one of the best storylines on in the WWE. So hopefully, hopefully they figure it out. Um, I still, yeah. Go ahead. I think I, I, I think Cody's gonna win it off him. I think he's gonna get his hard times. I think he's he went he went through a hard time with Brock. I think he's still got some stuff to do before SummerSlam or before WrestleMania. But I think he's gonna be the guy. And I, I think, I think, I hope we hear his version of hard times. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris, a hundred percent. I think that's where the story is going. And I was thinking that when Matt was talking or when Chris was talking about how, like, they're selling so much merch, you think about, like, as well, like, what if one of those guys just beat Roman at one point? Like, what if Sami Zayn beat Roman and then the story goes somewhere else and it's like, is it just the fact that they're so invested in keeping the story on Roman that they're not creating stories that we would be invested in somewhere else? I think that there was a chance that we would have had, you know, a really good storyline with Sami Zayn and then they could have just had multiple guys that could have stories on, like, on that going. Yeah, I, th- I think if they would have went a little bit longer with the Sami Zayn stuff, they could have stretched this out a lot more, right? And I think, like, it, it's just, it's really, it's, in my opinion, it's it's good writing, but it's bad writing. It's really just trying to find these spots. Like, it's like saying, okay, well, we know that the denouement is going to happen on the May 17th version of Monday Night Raw. It's like, it, it doesn't work that way. Crowds don't work that way. People are going to receive things differently when you go through it. I would have to agree when you're looking at you know, the roster, Cody definitely stands out because there's so many things that he can do. And the match with Brock, which um, isn't on our list tonight, really kind of solidified what he can do in the ring. He's that he's that underdog. He's that guy that, um, you know, kind of like it, it's I hate to say it. It's almost Cena-esque in a way, right? Like it's like he's the guy that everybody loves. He's the guy that's going to be there for the fans. He's the he's like he's their version of the people's champion, right? And I don't mean the Rock's version of the people's champion. He's just he's the fans number 1 and and I think that's what they're trying to work Cody into that spot and I think like when they do, I think you guys are right. I think like he's probably going to be the guy that does it, but my question after that and and we're not it's something to think about that we can bring up eventually, but why does WrestleMania have to be the payoff? I think that's where we're kind of looking at it. That's obviously the biggest stage. That's the biggest moment. But, you know, couldn't couldn't you just have the Royal Rumble be the payoff and just be the same thing on a, on a big stage and then have Cody actually fight somebody massive and have his WrestleMania moment as the, the heavyweight champion? It, it's it's just, it's it's really odd booking, right? So, um, but I understand why. I just see that's how Cody gets his title shot. Yeah. For, like, he wins the Rumble again and then gets his title shot and gets redemption because... Yeah, and then it's just I go ahead, Chris. Sorry, I don't want I don't want to win the rumble again. If this is their idea from the start, is like because they brought Cody in, and it would it's pretty silly to have him lose after after he wins the Royal Rumble, right? So there has to be something behind it. They didn't pay him all this money and do and like give in to his song and his his gimmick and everything just to have him, um, but. now that I think of it, it's kind of smart having him lose and everybody doesn't forget about him. He's still there, but now he's going through 
Now he's going through matches and he's going to have to get through other people to finally get there. So I, I didn't like it at first. I thought it was dumb to sign him and then have him win the Rumble and lose. And then now now it makes sense to me. Like It's one of the things that there actually looks like they might stick to it and might take like all the way to the end but just like what you're saying about Sami Zayn, they could have ran that for a while like every the fans were so behind all that and then they just basically the next next peep uh the next pay-per-view they just win the tag titles and then they're just kind of a second thought yeah and 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 my problem with if you go back to Cody and he comes back again and he wins the rumble you you just did that like, so we just waited a year based on the scenario that it happened. And, I mean, it's he's not going to be the first person if he does win the Rumble again that's been a multiple-time Rumble winner. Like, it's it's not going to be the first time. It's just something where we're kind of sitting here and it's like, if that was the case, I would have loved to see Cody, you know, maybe not win the Rumble and maybe finish second in the Rumble and then just have him go on this year thing. Because then now the Rumble win coming into this, if he's going to win at next year's WrestleMania... Then the rumble win going into that WrestleMania makes more sense than what they did. It's it's just, I you know they the rumble's not just to make the winner look good. It's there to obviously make guys like Gunter look good and and you know and and all those other things as well. So I know it's it's very multifaceted. It's probably not the easiest thing to book, right? But, um, anyways. Well, how does Cody get it without? How does Cody get the title shot with Roman without winning the Rumble? Because he's on Raw. Yeah, yeah. I just thought about that. You're he has right. to win and, the Rumble so the to whole, get. To that's get. why. That's what. That's why I'm thinking that it's that. Is the only reason I'm thinking it's that is because he's not on the brand with Raw, and they just teased the Seth Rogan fight or Seth Rollins fight, and now Shinsuke turned. So it's like, well, he's not. Cody's not fighting Seth Rollins for the title. So that because he's going to have a program with Shinsuke for a little bit, maybe you know. I don't know. Anyways, that's how I see him winning, only because he's not on the same Or you brand. just have him. Or yeah, the I other actually, option is I actually the, don't. Oh, sorry. There is another option, Chris, and I'll uh, I just I'll say this really quickly: is that it doesn't matter who wins it because there's two champions, right, Josh? So that the the person who wins the Royal Rumble can pick. So the other person True. might just not pick Roman Reigns, and then Roman Reigns or Cody calls out Roman Reigns for finishing second or something, and Roman does a runaround for two three weeks until Cody gets him. There's there's there works around that. But it's interesting to see there is a there is a way to do it without him winning the Royal Rumble. But uh, Chris, sorry, what were you going to say? Uh, well, you got my mind thinking that that is good. You can just have whoever wins the Rumble go after the the world champion now. Again, is it called the world champion? The world uh, world heavyweight uh, championship. Yeah, it slipped my mind. What? I, oh, uh, this is actually one of my favorite things about WWE recently is that I don't know what's going to happen with Cody. I don't actually know. I can't. I can't just because usually with WWE, I know what's going to happen, right? So this point, uh, I actually like it because they haven't given up too much, and I, I don't really know what they're where they're going with it. But I, I do think he's the one who takes takes Roman Reigns down. Yeah, and I think that's the interesting life that we live in, talking about rumors, right? And seeing that there are so many options and there are different things that come out. It's just like watching the, you know, moving into our next topic, we'll talk about the the triple threat match with uh, Charlotte, um, Bianca, and Asuka. And, uh, you know, one of the big scenarios there was um, Io Sky was actually the winner of that match at the end of it. So basically Bianca won the match, but Io Sky cashed in. Her and Bailey trashed a bunch of people with the briefcase. Io Sky walks in, does her does her awesome moonsault, and basically steals the title away from Bianca. Um, Josh, there's a kind of you talked about Bianca's bubblegum image last week when we kind of did the podcast, and um, 
she kind of had to go through a hard scenario in this with the knee injury, and they, they obviously did. It's not a real knee injury, but obviously it was, uh, you know, a scripted knee injury where she went over the rope, um, and it almost felt like she was too far away from the rope, and they're like, oh, Bianca's knee is out, but yet you saw her hand kind of hit the, the scenario. Now, I know that we're talking about Cody Rhodes and hard times. Does 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 that does that incident and, and kind of Bianca's performance, does that kind of keep her bubblegum personality intact, or does that kind of show more grit on her end for her coming out with the victory? I mean, I think, and I, I kind of hope this is the catalyst of her turning into a more hardened baby face, you know, maybe get rid of the bubblegum thing. The, the, the fans can continue to like her because she is fighting through adversity and stuff like that, but if she can kind of move away from that, you know, like colorful and move into like a more morose darker darker ring gear and you know she still performs as a as a baby face but isn't one of those you know like um you know kissing the kid baby face you know the one that the fans get behind because she's facing through it going through adversity i i hope that they don't just slap the title right back on her i don't think that is what they're going to do because it doesn't make sense for the story but um i think that uh, i would hope that that's the way it goes because uh, i would probably be more keen on her uh wrestling uh, on her in-ring performance because that i'd like her character better yeah, I'd have to agree. I think, like, I, I personally, like, when the injury happened and it went down, and I'm like, the first thing that popped in my head was, I'm like, Bianca's going to win this match and it's going to be something stupid, which is exactly what happened. Knees totally caved in. It's a roll-up on Asuka, and, you know, Asuka goes over, uh, basically does uh, does the rub for Bianca. Bianca wins the title, and then basically, obviously, the EO Sky thing happens. So, obviously, we're going to kind of go through that, but... Um, Chris, um, did you find that this match actually met the expectation that we talked about last week when we went through this? Um, when you're kind of watching the whole match and then the obviously the steal at the end with the contract um, and how everything played out. Did, did you feel that this uh, match had the same bang for your buck that we talked about uh, last week? Uh, it... I, I wasn't I wasn't too, too big on it. I mean, I, I was watching... Um, watching the the jake paul fight on on my on the two screens that i have and i i was kind of more into the undercard of that than i was in i think jeremy stevens was boxing some chris avila at that point um but uh yeah it, di- it didn't catch me like usually a charlotte and an oscar match was and i don't know maybe that is bianca for me because i i'm not i'm not a big fan of bianca um but uh yeah it's it was okay it was just okay for me. Yeah, you know what? I, I was kind of like, I, I thought for sure it was going to be a banger <clears throat> and, and going through that, and uh, it really wasn't. It was a bit disjointed. Um, it had its moments. Um, I felt that Charlotte really was the glue that kind of held the match together. Um, Bianca, I, I think what we said last week, Josh, was with Bianca being the strength, um, like all that stuff was viewed. Like we got to see it all, which was which was great. I mean, could, could it have been better? I thought it could have been um, basically... Um, the work and the communication between the three and the ring could have been a little bit better, but I can only imagine how hard it is to be on one of the biggest stages um, trying to have to put something like that together. It, it's um, it, it can go awry very quickly, and um, it just it, it just it fell a little bit short on the mark for me. I, I really thought it was going to be the match of the night. The more disappointing part for me was actually the fact that they left Becky Lynch and uh, Trish Stratus off of the card. 
And, um, you know, not to say that that would have been a much better match. I mean, Trish is up there in age and not being ageist, but I don't know how, how that match would have won either. But I think there would have been a little bit more vitriol and animosity in that match if they went through it. But um, they were completely left off the card. And, you know, Triple H said, hey, there's only so many spots for this to happen. But, um, yeah, I think moving forward, it'll be interesting to see. I think EO's uh, great in ring. And I and I know that we're, uh, I know Josh, I think you're a big fan. She hits hard. Um, and I think uh, she's going to really do the do well on the title, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the dynamic now is going to work between um, damage control and EO having the title moving forward without, you know, Bailey being the uh, kind of the leader now in a way. So EO EO broke character quite a bit. She looked she was smiling, happy, laughing. That was uh, it's a little bit different than we've seen from her recently. Yeah, more of le- less of the robotic assassin, right? Like kind of in a way, right? It's kind of like me. I think she got that. Remember that she got that huge pop in Puerto Rico, though. And I wonder if it's like you know, this is her baby face turn coming, where it's like she, Bailey's going to turn on her, have the baby face turn because Eo Sky got that huge pop in 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 Puerto Rico when they respected just like exactly what she was doing out there. Um, but I think the WWE is going to bury her real hard. Yeah, hard. Yeah, organic. Get over organic. You're buried. Well, it's 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 partially filler for the title too, right? So I think they have their main people that they want to keep it on, but I, I hope it works out for her. I think like she's worked really hard, and uh, you know, there's uh, there's a couple additions that could be coming back. We've been hearing that potentially Kyrie Sane has signed uh, uh, signed back with WWE. Um, so the pirate, uh, what is it, the pirate queen? I think she's signed back. So um, there'll be a couple of really good matches that could come out of this from that, and I think it'll be a really interesting time uh, moving forward with somebody uh, kind of that fresh of breath there with the title, right? Um, our last topic for the evening. <laughs> did, did you just say fresh of breath air? Fresh of breath air. Well, I mean, hey, fuck. Yes. Sure, fresh of breath air. It's, a breath it's Friday. Of fresh it's been air. a long week. That's why I love that this podcast is unedited and unscripted. Like, I love this. It's just like, here are the topics. Let's talk about them. It's great. Fuck. And I fuck up all the time, and it's awesome. I love it. I listen. I literally listen to my car, and I go through it, and I'm like, I'm either kind of laugh at myself or I get cringed out at one point. So it really depends on how you're doing when you're kind of looking at it. But I think that one I'll definitely laugh at myself for it. <laughs> now, SummerSlam basically had a match that was basically created to get one person over. Chris, do you want to do the favor for me? Do the saying. Who was the match? Let for? me talk to you. Yeah, let me talk to you. It was for, yeah, it was for LA Knight. With Night, all right? the pe- all the people saying LA Knight. Everybody was saying LA Knight on SummerSlam. Basically, a yeah, about yeah, a battle royal was created for LA Knight, basically, and everybody thought it was going to be for Omos, but he had a really good performance too, knocking out a bunch of people. Um, but. LA Knight wins the, the SummerSlam Battle Royal, which kind of almost didn't really make sense why it was there, but um, it kind of is starting to look, uh, the future's starting to look pretty bright for LA Knight. Um, merchandise sales are through the roof. Um, we had a, he had a big thing with The Miz on, on Monday night with a, about a five-minute ba- promo battle that he had with, uh, with The Miz and basically told The Miz that his career's in the toilet, and I loved it. Um, but... We've talked about the rise of LA Knight and how he goes through. Now, Chris, when you're kind of looking at WWE and you're looking at faces, we talked a lot about Cody. Has, has LA Knight really moved into this number two face slot when you're looking at both brands? And like, Not that I'm excluding NXT, but when we look at the main roster brands of Raw and SmackDown, has he really moved into that number two or number three face slot for, for the company at this point? 
Yeah, I mean, that spot was open as soon as they stopped uh, stopped Sami Zayn's run with uh, with Roman. I've, I've, that spot's open. Um, yeah, I believe the same thing you said, that, that Battle Royal was created to get LA Knight on the card and to get him over more. Because um, you can't have... You can't have like your most popular guy not be on the card, so I, it was a good way to do it. And uh, Omas for all us all us Omas sapiens, he uh, he had a good showing. You know we love him too. <laughs> um, but yeah, going to I think pairing him with the Miz is is genius because the Miz knows what he's doing. The Miz is so good, and every time we see the Miz and someone tries to put him down, you see. He, he's so good at looking passionate and telling us what he's done to remind us, like, look what I've done. And it's true. Guys, is he the only two-time Grand Slam champion? Uh, yeah, yep. I think so. I think so. So Yeah, and I mean, he came, he came from the real world. Like, he came from a reality TV show. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, like, where I was trying to teach, I was talking to, to my uh, beautiful partner, Itzy, about uh, the understanding of uh, kind of the Miz and how they kind of went through the documentary and kind of, like, um, you know, made them dress in the boiler room and made them, like, go to the bathroom, like, in the main points and how he kind of overcame that. And um, for a lot of it, when she was trying to understand it, I, I really don't think we we appreciate the, the, the Miz is, I don't think, we'll, we'll go down later as being appreciated for what he's done but he's never appreciated for what he does when he's in the moment right and i think like that's uh something really kind of important to look at when we're kind of doing like this this promo battle with with la knight i think la knight went into that promo battle with the miz and said you know what let's take this for what it is this is one of the greats this is an all-time legend and let's go at it and i could tell that he was nervous he made a couple very small mistakes when he was in there but, I mean, you're looking right now at the promo that you've been wanting to give for 20 years. That's it. Like, you're now, you're now mainstream. You've done everything that you needed to do. You've done everything. And that's the promo that you give for 20 years. Now, Josh, a lot of people think that... Some people might actually think, like The Miz was saying in the promo, that LA Knight's a flash in the pan. And uh, watching LA Knight and what you've seen over the past year, do you think that he has the ability to have something that's going to be long-staying for the next three to five years in the WWE for this, with this character? Or do you think at some point he's going to have to do some adapting sooner rather than later to get to the spot that he wants to get to? Um, so I think that the trajectory of LA Knight's career with the WWE is going to be actually not dependent on him at all. I think that he's proven himself... Uh, to be a uh, very, uh, very, very, a very prominent character, a very, uh, you know, the fans, he's so over with the fans with very little time that he's been given. But I think that the WWE can just choose to remove that time from him at any point, And, you know, the fans will start forgetting about him just because they don't give him the time. I, I'm hoping that they don't do that. But, you know, it doesn't seem like the WWE has been super, super keen on getting him over it's him that's doing the work and i think that he's getting over with the fans and you know his his catchphrases are popular with the fans and the wwe is really um you know in those fans are really into that type of thing where they catch you know the flash in the pan guy but you know as we can see with Sami Zayn, like yeah they're, they're still over but like that level of being over is diminishing the more and more that they're not in that main picture and stuff like that. So if they start taking the mic out of LA Knight's hands, which I think they would be willing to do because they've buried guys 
who have been that over before and they'll do it again. I hope not because I think that like, you know, this could be his last chance. He's 40, right? Or 41. Like if he doesn't get that chance, then, you know, is that it? Maybe. I don't think it matters. I think that he's showing that he could be the most over wrestler in the business or in his, on his business, or at least in the top three. And when you, you know, being the top three when coming from the biggest business, the biggest wrestling business in the world, that's, that's fucking impressive. I don't care who you are. Yeah. I think when you're trying to see, Oh, sorry. No, Christy, go ahead. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to like, other than him and MJF right now, it's hard to, it's hard to give somebody else like the the top promo on on the business right now. He's right up there. He can he can go and I as you said he he messed up with the the toilet thing and and I have never heard anybody say oh, uh, oh sorry and then go back into it. But I can understand why he'd be nervous against the Miz. The Miz has done it all. They trust him. They do everything. But it's it's like uh, I was watching a video and somebody said Ziggler was talking. I, it was it was another undercard guy. And Ziggler was saying, um, even though they're not going to push you and, and even though the, the company is not going to be behind you, the fans are always going to be behind people like us. And so I think that's why he's gotten over so organically, because he's he's put in his dues, man. Like he's he's put in his dues for sure. It's a Daniel Bryan effect, right? It's that if you're not going to give it to me, I'm going to I'm going to force it on you. And so it was like Daniel Bryan doing yes. And it was like it's all those things where he literally forced himself to get to that spot. And I think that's part of the issue. Like so when you talk organically, WWE has organically who they want to go in. Daniel Bryan was never a guy that was organically meant to be there. He was always meant to be like a middle card guy. He's kind of like he's kind of like that Bret Hart, that Intercontinental Champion, that technical wrestler that's going to give you that good match, but not the face of the company, right? And so I find that the WWE is very selective on who they give that to. Now, do you give it to a guy like LA Knight? I don't know. I don't know if he's that typical guy that you're going through. We talked about Josh mentioned his age. We talked about it on previous podcasts about his age and and how that can play out. But right now, as far as it's going, I, I really hope that he really gets a good run, at least until WrestleMania, to give him a really good WrestleMania match with somebody so that he has a shot. I'd love to see what he could do with a title. I think like if you were to take him to be the guy to be Gunter or even a guy that beats, you know, Austin Theory for a US title. I think like let's see how we can run with that title and make it work because let's face it, Austin Theory didn't have a match at SummerSlam for the US title. He was actually in that Rumble or in that in that Battle Royal, right? So is he the right guy to have that? It'll be interesting to see what happens, but we're as as we know, we're we're almost sapiens here. We're big LA Knight fans and uh really hope to see uh you know LA Knight get some gold and, and you know more TV time because he's entertaining as fuck. So now moving away from WWE, we're gonna move into AEW and what we are gonna talk about is uh just some of the stuff. Um not really current storylines. Um just well they kinda are current storylines, but it's more gonna be down the road. Um, first things first, we'll talk about CM Punk and the real championship. CM Punk took his AEW title that he had before he left, before he went on the, uh, you know, injury <coughs> with all the stuff with, um, you know, happening with Kenny Omega and the bite, bite gate or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, Larry, the dog running all around in the back room, urinating on things, even though that, that didn't happen. I just pretended, um, 
My question is, Josh, we're looking at CM Punk's title on Collision. He wrote, took out spray paint. I thought he was going to write NWO on it. He didn't. He wrote a big X <laughs> on it. Um, where do you see the storyline with the real championship going? Is this eventually going to lead to MJF? Or do you think that this is something that's going to lead to, you know, not what's going on with Starks, but something more along the lines of the elite? What do you think is going to happen with that real belt that's on Collision? Yeah, so I mean, I think it's interesting that, you know, I mean, of course, the E is right in the middle of the belt, so the X would clearly cross it anyways, but I think it's a little bit of a nod that it's through the E, which stands for the elite, um, you know, as you call it, bite gate, as I, I like to call it, the biggest work in history, Um it's uh, I think that, you know, it's all part of the story. I think that, you know, maybe it's leading up to a feud with the elite, which would be great. I would, you know, I'd be happy that it that that's, you know, part of they're kind of making the amends or going through that process where they're actually going to work together. And, you know, the work is revealed because it's still a work. Um, but, you know, like you saw the elite when they came when they announced that they re-signed, they started saying, like, maybe you'll see it as, as a collision. You're like, OK, so like it's a work. Fuck off. Um, I don't care what you say, but like, I really, I think that this, this is going to lead, this should lead to MJF because, you know, MJF's holding the real AEW championship, the legitimate one, the one that people are actually competing for. This is a non-sanctioned title CM Punk is carrying around. It's a way to keep a title on CM Punk, although I don't want to see the main title on him because he doesn't need it to be over. And his wrestling and in, in, in-ring ability is not good enough to keep him there. Just give him the microphone. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting topic. It kind of brings it back to, is Collision going to get its own title? There's so many questions that this kind of brings up um, when we look at it. Um, you know, especially right now, we're seeing the current storyline with it being Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks wants that title. Um, and, you know, and it brings back to one of the challenges that we have with AEW with a lot of belts flying around. Chris, I know that it was probably nostalgic for you to see um, Rob Van Dam fight um, on uh, on Dynamite against, uh, you know, Jack Perry for the FTW title. But, I mean, RVD at 52 years old looked great, right? Oh, he looked he looked really good. The, that, uh, the, the jumping, spinning leg drop from, from the rope, like at that age, like he's... Rob Van Dam's a guy, one of my favorite things is just when he jumps to the top rope, the way he jumps up there. I yeah. love it. And I thought I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, hopefully he does a few more things here and there. I wouldn't mind seeing him back in a little bit, but not uh, not taking over my television screen. Yeah, you know, he could be Mr. Wednesday Night. We could bring back Bill Alfonso and uh, the whistle, and we'll just have a great, a great old time. Now, with the CM Punk scenario, do you, like when you're kind of looking at this title... Um, how do you think that this is going to work out? Do you think that this is going to set up CM Punk with maybe Kenny Omega, or do you think that it's going to set him up with maybe a Hangman Page, even with all the stuff that they did? I know that I think I think the whole universe knows that Josh thinks this is the world's greatest like work, and this is one of those usual specs Kaiser Soze moments. Um, but at the end of the day, do you think it ends up being Omega or Page that Punk eventually fights for this title? Because right now, I just really want it to be Samoa Joe. Oh yeah, I'd love that to be honest with their like when they they wrestled uh not well fairly recently, right? They were in a tag team match together. That was that was fun to see just for us hardcores who remember the days back in ROH. Um yeah, that was that was fun to see. I I've never been a fan of of the fake belt or or having two of the same belt and saying I never lost it. 
Not a fan of that. You lost it when you talked a bunch of shit in a press conference about your own company. So, um, yeah, hang, Hangman Page wouldn't be bad because I know they, they have some history, right? They have history. Um, could it come around to Kenny again? Maybe. Uh, I, I, I'm with you, Matt, though. I'd like to see Samoa Joe get a, get a big championship, and I'd like that to be how he gets it. Yeah. So they did fight recently in the this year's uh, Owen Hart Cup, and CM Punk beat him. Right. Yeah, I think one of the things that needs to happen though is I'd really love to see. I think like one of the matches I really want to see at, at, at in London is Punk Punk and Joe at in London. I think that would be an insane match if they did it. Um, it'd be it'd be really crazy to see. I mean, there's just I, I'm also with you, Chris. I mean, I hate seeing the two belts. I mean, the bottom line is no matter what he says, he goes, "I never lost this belt." It's like, yeah, you did. You were stripped of the title. It's like so. It's like it's like what are we doing? Is it column A or column B? Right. So. Um, I just find it a little stupid as it's well. It's column work. Yeah, it's column, column, this is all the work. Column W. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was proving to the world that he didn't exist. Right? It's, it's, it's horse shit. But it'll be really interesting to see what happens um, moving forward with Punk. I think it's an engaging storyline. It's just the question to me for to make it as more engaging for me is who's it going to be? And I think, like, we all know who we want, but it, it might be somebody that we're not. And if it's not, I really am hoping it is somebody in the elite, right? Speaking of the elites, um, on Dynamite it was announced um, probably one of the biggest tag team matches of all time. Basically, FTR and the Young Bucks 3 are going to happen at all in London. London is now considered to be the biggest wrestling event of all time. Um, at 79,000 people for tickets sold at this point. Now, Chris, I know that we're going to expect, and we talked about kind of that women's triple threat that we saw in, uh, in WWE at SummerSlam. I'm going to ask the same question here. Does this have the ability to be the match of the night? When it goes to oh, 100%. 100%. These 100%. Two, these two teams can bring bring the whole house down if they want to. Um we we also have to think because well this is coming up two weeks right I think it's the twenty seventh of 27th. August so yeah probably yeah we're looking at about two to two two and a half weeks three weeks sixteen days wow okay so just keep the young bucks and uh, keep them all off TV because they're they're a little injury prone both teams so keep them off TV they can they can put a, a banger of a match on I don't think. I don't think either of them really have to. Either team really has to wrestle. If they build it up, they build it up up until Wembley. Yeah, I, this one could could definitely tear the house down with just with those four alone. It's it's so it's going to be so impressive. There's going to be high flying. There's going to be strength. There's going to be everything in that match that you want to see. Yeah, it's 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 kind of hard to see if it's going to be better than that. Like uh, against the um, the Bullet Club, right? FTR and Bullet Club. I mean, that was such a good match going through. A little bit different. There's a stipulation with the two out of three falls, right? Um, my concern is that I wouldn't want it to fall short of that. Um, I think both teams are are going to be to a point where they're going to realize that this has to be the best tag team match of all time, which puts a lot of pressure on people. Um, Josh, it's such an interesting dynamic and contrast of styles, like Chris was mentioning, like the high flying, you know, uh, strength moves, technical wrestling will be great. Who do you think's gonna go over in this spot? Um, 
Like, I mean, if I had to do a DraftKings account and knowing your record with picking, like, wrestling matches to win, who who's going to win this match between FTR and the Bucks? Like, I mean, and why? And why do you think they're going to win that match being, you know, 16 days out from all in? I think it's going to be FTR winning the match. Um, I, I'm not sure why I think it's going to be FTR, but I think that their journey with the titles are not over and that... This battle is going to be quite huge. We might see maybe a turn. Who everybody loves a turn. Um, I think that you know these guys are what six star matchmakers or what is it? Match machines. Um, definitely going to be the match. I think the match of the night. Um, and I think that you know these guys know that they can put on maybe the highest starred match of the year. You know, like they could do it if they if they decide to put a match together and they're allowed the time to do so. I think that they could do they could potentially compete with the match that we saw uh at uh Forbidden Door. Um only because these are the four type these are the four guys that I think could do it. Um including I mean obviously Kenny Omega as well, but these four guys in tag matches, I think the they are what tag wrestling should be. Um, you know, the two different styles it's uh, going to be the the best match of the night for sure. Um, but I think it's going to be FTR just because uh, I don't think they're done with the championship. We may come out of this thinking we may come out of this seeing uh, both of them make like this is this could be their what we remember their legacy for like the highlight of of the legacy for both teams. I, I and I honestly agree with that. I think that's the that's the part that's kind of the the. It's kind of like the crux of the situation too, right? It's like there's so much pressure going into this match and you have three weeks to book it. You have three weeks to go around and do it. Chris, you mentioned it. They're getting older. Um, You know, I think there was an interview with the Young Bucks that was done a few weeks ago where basically, I can't remember if it was Nick that had to try to get Matt to to not retire. Like he had to talk to him like to not retire because he wanted to, he basically wanted to retire like six months ago, right? After the last injury. And, um, you know, this could eventually be a swang song for one of the teams. I mean, FDR's taken a beating um, over the years. Like, honestly, like, Dax looks like he's just, uh, I don't even know, like he has Terminator cyber, like cyborg robot joints or something at this point with it, with all the, uh, you know, with all the, with all the, um, I'm trying to think of the word of what it is, like uh, the braces and everything that Bra- he has that he's braces. using, right? And you know what? Like, you can tell right off the bat, like, it's great that he has the tequila to have a couple shots of tequila to take away the pain. But at the end of the day, when you're going through it, I mean, it's, um, I think we're starting to see these teams come into the twilight of their careers. And as much as the Young Bucks have just signed a new contract, um, they're not getting any younger. So they're, I'm not going to say that they're the old Bucks. That's too much of a dad joke at this point. I don't have any kids, so I'm not doing that. But, we really, you know, I think we really want to watch this match and have a have a respect for it that uh, is going to be amazing. I, I really hope that it's going to be amazing. Thirty to forty minutes. I hope it's a I hope it's a Meltzer seven star, and I hope it just it just tears it up like I really do. So I'm I'm hoping the best for for all the parties involved. <laughs> now, with that being said, we talked about the Young Bucks and the Elite, uh, but. The last topic that we'll have for our show tonight before Josh grinds his gears um, on some stuff. Slices by salami. Or slices salamis or whatever, you know, porks the pancetta. I don't know. It slices the salami, guys, but I'm just being facetious. Um, Kenny Omega, 
we've been hearing a lot about All In, and and you know what? After we saw Kenny Omega and we saw Will Ospreay, we, we're all we're all sitting here on this podcast, and we're like, we want Omega and Ospreay three or whatever it is. We want that fight. We want it now. But we're hearing that that might not exactly be the match for Kenny Omega going through. Now, on Dynamite this week, Kenny Omega actually stated um, that he, when talking with Alex Marvez on the show, that he was going to let him know what was going on with his match at All In, you know, more next week. Um, Obviously, we've been doing some of the rumor mills, and uh, we're kind of a little bit disappointed to find out that it's probably not going to be Will Ospreay from what we've been hearing. So... Josh, on your end, I know that you said that you had a couple rumors. You wanted to save it for this segment. So um, what have you been hearing about Kenny Omega? Who do you think Kenny Omega is going to face at All In in London at Wembley Stadium? I mean, I hope it's not who Dave Meltzer said. That's for sure. I I, I don't. It, Dave Meltzer did say that he would be in a, a potentially rumors or a triple threat match with um, him, Adam Page, and Kota Ibushi against uh, Bullet Club, Jay, or Jay White, Juice Robinson, and uh, Takeshita. Um, I've also heard that uh, Jericho is going to fight Osprey at All In. So then, you know, that takes Osprey out of the out of the match there. If that's the case, um, I'm not sure who I'd see Kenny fighting. I, I, you know, maybe he could fight a a Japanese legend. I think it might make more sense for him to fight someone who's from England if that's an option, because then it gets the English English uh, crowd into it. I think that it would be a waste to put him in a triple threat match. Um, in my opinion, but you know, also because AEW is notorious for having the longest pay per views in history, that you know, maybe having him in a triple threat match or a tag match would make it so that you can get more of your wrestlers in there. So, I mean, Dave Meltzer seems to be pretty accurate a lot of the times. That could be a, a thing. Maybe it could just be the the Golden Lovers uh, in a tag match, and uh, or yeah, is that what they were called, the Golden Lovers? You got it. Bang on. You're learning as you go. I love it. Fucking awesome. <laughs> Josh is Josh is getting his Japanese wrestling on, Chris. Nice. So with that, so Chris, to you, my question's actually really simple for you. It's a very simple question. Who do you want Kenny Omega to fight? And and I know we know the answer. Like I know you're gonna say Osprey, but I'm gonna take Osprey out of it. I don't want to, I don't want you to say Osprey. Because of what we're hearing about Jericho and Osprey, who's the backup fight here for Kenny Omega? Does it have to be Takeshita? Who do you want to see? Because I'm going to tell you who I want to see after. I, I'm trying to think, and I don't know, Kenny, like who who has he been kind of, who has he had any activity with recently other than, uh, other than JAS and basically the uh, JAS and the, the Blackpool Combat Club. BCC. Jeez, sorry. Yeah. Uh, you're forgetting about the Don, um, the Don Callis family as well, right? So you also oh, the have Don that. Callis family as well. Um, I don't know. It's uh, I, I'm up in the air if it's not Osprey. I think you had so much gold with Osprey that it's hard not to do it in Osprey's home country. Jeez, um, I don't know. To be to be honest, to be I I don't. Honestly, I don't honestly have an answer. Sting. Sting's my answer. Sting's your answer? Nice. <laughs> I think they're going to save Osprey and Omega for Wrestle Kingdom. I think that's why. Um, that's personally what I what I, what I I feel. Because um, obviously Kenny's not going to have anything with the G1 Climax Tournament. He's not going to have anything to do with the winner. But he will probably be, if he goes to Wrestle Kingdom, he will be on night one and he will be on night two. Now, 
There's two things for me that I'm going to break it up to. There's the match that I want to see, and then there's the storyline match. The storyline match that probably is going to lead into it will be some version with uh, Kunosuke uh, Takeshita, right? That's probably going to be what happens. It's got to be Kenny and Callus if you're going storyline. And I think London is a great way to get Takeshita over. Um, I'm not saying that he beats Omega, but it's a great way to get him over with a good match. My personal favorite, Chris, and you can let me know what you think, is um, actually having Omega fight Zack Sabre Jr. in London. I think if, oh, you're, I was... if you're going for that match, I think that's the match that I want to see. Um, if it's not Osprey, I think you can pick either Osprey or Zack Sabre Jr. in that spot with Kenny Omega. And I think regardless, without even doing the match, it's probably a five and a half star or a six star on fucking paper without even watching the fucking match. Right. Uh, I, I was going to say that, but I had a feeling you might you were going to say it, so I didn't say anything. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, I mean, there's always a chance that Kenny Omega will fight Sting at all in. So, <laughs> yeah, of course. Trying to get Josh, trying to get Josh to laugh, and he was uh, he's uh, he's looking at something, but. Missed no, it. that's okay. Sorry. So it's if not, I mean, you know, Josh Darby Allen makes his own clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck anyways that's the story of our lives but Josh what slices your salami yeah. this week on Friday August 11th 2023 what is slicing your salami sir get the deli machine ready to cut okay so this is kind of more of a fun one uh, not super serious so uh, you know what really slices my salami when uh, wrestlers wear trunks uh, boots and no knee pads. The bare knees. I hate bare knees. I want to see when Cody Rhodes used to rock the bare knees in WWE. He looked le- terrible. He looked. I, I didn't want to cheer for him. Looked terrible. I think the only person I like who doesn't have knee pads right now, Gunther. Yeah. And I think that's just because he hits as hard as he does. Every other person not wearing knee pads. That's what slices my salami. Chris, uh, you were kind of out of the room there when you missed the slices of salami. Josh had a good one for this week. It was lighthearted, but it was like wrestlers who wear trunks and boots but don't wear knee pads. Oh, Josh and I have had this conversation many times. Remember when Cody didn't wear them? Yep, hate yeah, it. So they're hate talking, it, they're talking it. The only person who can carry Peter. it, Gunther. Because <laughs> he hits hard. Fucking awesome. But I don't like it. He's tall for some reason. It works for him. But for Cody, nope. Oh, well, you know what? I mean, uh, we're we're going to get ready to watch some SmackDown here to everybody out there in the universe. So we're going to be able to hopefully watch some, uh, I don't know, Gunter or some no knee pads at some point tonight. Um, just to let everybody know, if you're watching right now, it's about, um, I don't even know, like 8 something, eight, 10 after 8. And uh, they uh, they did not start with Roman Reigns. They started with Charlotte and Asuka going in uh, in a match right off the bat for the first match. So, be interesting to see how SmackDown goes for tonight. We'll try and have a little bit of a review for you next week. Um, guys, gentlemen, anything you want to add before we sign off? It's all a work. I love RVD. I hope Sting fights Kenny Omega because I want to see that now. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, those are our thoughts. With that being said, wherever you are in the world tonight... Uh, basically, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. We love you. We bid you adieu. 